0: Hello welcome to the self learning podcast by Dr Shishma Singh let us start discussion on unit 11 functional classification of cities commercial administrative and pilgrimage towns and our topic is interconnectedness among administrative commercial and pilgrimage centers The cities since ancient times have been formed for administrative, commercial, or religious purposes. Mm -hmm. The pre-colonial urban centers tended to be political at the core. This can be seen from the fact that the rise and fall of the city structure was closely associated with the rise and fall of the regime. Though, the addition of commercial and religious activities would give the urban centers a certain immunity from political vicissitudes. This was also due to the fact that the merchants needed protection for their trade and commerce. To protect and profess the religion, the kingdoms also started building several beautiful temples and shrines during this period. These towns were built around the ruler and his kinmen and other followers. Physical changes in these towns and urban centers during the 19th century can be analyzed as the urban centers were used and built as administrative outposts for collecting land revenue and other taxes. They were also used as an army post, etc., particularly during the British period. Thus, when a ruler in pre-colonial period built a city, lots of commercial and religious activities were bound to occur. The royal towns and cities were elaborately planned. Within the metropolis, a separate place was assigned for the royal palace. Temple towns were formed with distinct characteristics. They had several successive rings of circumvent tree paths to go around and central plots where the temples were situated. A number of minor shrines were also set up in these towns. A temple town such as Shrirangam, Tirupati, Kashi or Puri were the centers of Diverse cultural activities. The employees of the temple included priests, musicians, attendants, dancers, and other staff. Generally, the temples maintained educational and other cultural institutions. Temples were also landowners contributing in their own way to the economic development of the region. Temples in some parts of the South India were also corporate bodies exercising secular powers. The Tirupati temple is one of the richest temples in India and funds several institutions like university and hospitals etc. Thus these temple sites attracted lot of pilgrims. While some were known as the All India Pilgrim Centres, others were regional ones. The former included Haridwar, Gaya, Nasi, Ujjain, Pushkar, and Mathura. All these cities formed part of sacred places of India and pilgrimage centres for the people. With the movement of large number of people to these centres, there came to exist trading and servicing activities. Along with the trade and commerce, the rulers were always present to protect these holy places. Thus, we can see an intricate relationship between the administrative, commercial and pilgrimage towns and urban centers in India. Religion and pilgrimage centers were socially being sustained by the political power. It is seen that the kings and different kingdoms adopted a religion and military expeditions were motivated to spread of that religion. The king always acted as a chief patron of the religion. One of the chief activities connected with the religion was the construction of temples and different types of mosques. The social organization of various cities reflected all the three characteristics of the city for example administrative, commercial and religious. It is also to be noted that different political regimes selected time and again the same site to build their political capital. For example, the city of Delhi was built by several dynasties. A great city always nourishes a particular religion of its own. In other words, the cities became the concrete symbol of the culture and aspiration of the emperors. Pataliputla, under the rule of Samrat Ashok, who turned Buddhist, changed its character completely. He disbanded his standing army and the city was thrown open for Buddhist pilgrimage. Similarly, Jainism was promoted by the commercial section of the society. Thus, we can say that the sacred places were not isolated, rather, they were closely associated with the administration and the commercial part of the city and urban centers in Indian history now let us conclude the unit a town or city normally performs various functions in modern times no city performs a single function rather a city can be termed as a multifunctional entity one can however easily identify the single most dominant function of a city or a town but since the city is a dynamic process and a dynamic entity the primary function can change over a period of time an administrative city may later on become a pilgrimage center and vice versa similarly a commercial center of yesterday may act as the political capital of today so the functional classification cannot be done Based on a receipt principle. The growth of the market and commercial towns followed a different pattern through although trade and commerce were concentrated in the capital cities as they needed political protection. They were also organized on the basis of availability of channels of communications. There was also a proliferation of the temples and sacred places along with administrative and commercial centers and they ultimately became the pilgrimage centers. With the growth of Sikhism, several sacred towns like Amritsar and Anandpur Sahib came into existence. These towns and cities thus functioned as religious centers. There is a network of pilgrimage centers now available for Hindu, Muslim, and Sikh, etc. The religious centers became closely associated with the broad ethnic and religious identities of the several communities. The functional classification of Indian cities thus possesses several problems. There is an overlapping character of various cities and towns. They have a long urban history and are very complex in terms of economy, culture, planning, structure. But the functional analysis is vital to understand the various types of cities. The functional analysis also gives us the underlying with our different viewpoints. Mark Jefferson has rightly remarked that cities do not grow up of themselves, rather countrysides set them up to two tasks that must be performed in the central places. In other words, a city functions not only for its own sake but it discharges certain functions for its surrounding areas also. The functional specialization thus takes into account the surrounding areas of the city, the surrounding areas on the contrary functions for the need of the main city. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.